0: Brain health has been very popular in the news lately, and this podcast is for you. If you've ever had brain fog, cognitive decline, Alzheimer's, CTE, any of these issues, this is the podcast where we're going to jump into the latest research from Dr. Dale Bredesen, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dave Asprey of the Bulletproof Diet, so many other people, all the minds that are really out there paving the way, blazing a path for new research new strategies that are actually working to get your brain optimized and working at its highest, highest level, the Brain Builders Podcast is just for you. So get a notebook, get a pen, and get ready to open up your mind and get back to the person that you were meant to be. Hello, 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 it is Dr. John DeWitt here, and I have got a little, I know we're going to talk about gut and inflammation, but I actually wanted to kind of change gears a little bit and talk about why I got into... um, why? Why did I get into brain health? It's not a very uh, exciting story, but it's kind. Of, it's kind of a. I got scared into it, basically. I uh, was. I, w- I was a little kid. Didn't really weigh very much. Was trying to play football and was doing okay, but I wasn't very strong. And so I found guys um, when I, once I got to high school that were really strong. And so I'd work out with them and figured, you know, they know how to do it obviously. And they helped me. So, I mean, without them, there's no way I would have gone on and gotten a scholarship at Vanderbilt because they just, they showed me what to do, what not to do, the supplements to take and all this stuff. And one of my best friends ever, I'm not going to say his name because just out of respect, but he, um, he was he was amazing. He was a little bit a little bit crazy. He I mean people I went to high school with know who I'm talking about, but he signed early scholarship to a major, major, major university and ended up getting all conference, all everything once he he went there. And that showed me I was like, Well if he can do it, then I can do it. And trust me, this will go back to brain health in a second. So I um doubled my efforts. I worked extra, extra hard, went to Vanderbilt and they told me I was too small and too slow. And I was like, okay, well, what, what can I do? And I asked him and, and he, you know, gave me some suggestions and I was like, okay, I'm really going to try really, really hard to get this, to get this done. Focus, laser focus on what I wanted. I wanted to, have a scholarship and everything I did, I didn't drink any alcohol. I worked out like a crazy man. I ran conditioning all the time. There was never going to be a guy that was in better shape than me. And because of that, after my first semester in college at Vanderbilt, I got a scholarship. And that was, uh, it was one of those things where I would focused so much that when I, I finally, Hey John, when I finally got the scholarship, I got my headphones in here because I'm actually, um, on my podcast right now. just So I'm on Facebook live too, just so people know. Anyway, got my scholarship. He was all excited. He knew that I was going to be able to do that. And we even talked about me transferring to his school to play football there. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm not ready for that. And so I uh, stayed at Vanderbilt second year. Um, my friend was his, I mean, he had had so many, con- so many concussions, even in, in high school that, um, Personally now, looking back, I feel that kind of led to some of his unstable behavior, and he tended to, to drink a little too much, and um, my junior year, he, well, actually, let me go back to high school a little bit. He, uh, we, back in Arkansas, we used to hang out outside uh, the Classic Q, or what, it wasn't a Classic Q, but it was a, it was a place where you play pool, and uh, all the high school kids would hang out there, and uh, this was way before video games were super popular. And I remember one time I was just sitting in my car and somebody bumped the back of my car and I looked up and it was one of my other really good friends, a little bitty guy I used to play tennis with all the time when I was, when I was like 10 and my, my big football buddy was all in this guy's face and was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to beat you up and all this stuff. And people came running over saying, you gotta, you gotta save us. You gotta save him. You gotta save him. And so I walked up and I grabbed my buddy and I was like, all right, you're a big tough guy. Come on, come on, come on. He's no, you don't understand. What had happened was is my, my little friend was dating a girl that my big football guy was totally in love with. He was convinced that she was the one for him. And um, Anyway, so I walked him around the corner away, away from everybody because I knew I had to get him away from everybody because he kind of fed off all, all that energy and expectation of what is he going to do. And uh, this is the kind of guy that, if he ever had his name in the paper, he would make sure he went to a bar and punched his ha- hand through a wall or something and got in the paper for something bad. It was it was it was weird. I don't know if he didn't feel like he deserved it or if he felt like he had to have this persona. And so, um, I fast forward now, junior year. And I'll keep in mind, when he was trying to beat that guy up, he wasn't even dating her anymore. It was, this, it was just the weirdest thing. He just, but he couldn't process how a girl that he loved so much would like somebody that was smaller than him because that was what he had to offer was being big and strong. So junior year, he or uh, sophomore year, he calls me up, my big friend, and he's just like, you need to call call this girl up, call her and tell her I love her. And I'm just like, dude, sh- she's moved on. You need to move on. I don't understand why you're saying this and he said uh well if you don't do it we're not friends anymore and i mean i knew he didn't mean that because you know he didn't know what he was saying at the time and i said well you know i'm sorry but i'm not going to call and stir that whole you know bucket of worms or whatever barrel of monkeys whatever you want to call it. i'm not stirring that pot again so i'm not calling her anyway um It was probably two weeks later. It was October 13th, and that's why this is kind of fresh on my mind right now because every October is just horrible for me. And uh, I was in linguistics class. I was an anthropology major at Vanderbilt. I was in linguistics class, and one of the assistant coaches came in. It was was 8 o'clock in the morning. It was an early class. And he pulled me out of class, which was not normal. So This coach Derek, Jerry DiNardo, was the head coach. Always was to make sure you go to class. You don't go to class, we're going to find out, and you're going to be in trouble. So this guy, this coach, was pulling me out of class. And so I'm like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Your dad's on the phone, uh, and Coach DiNardo's office. You need to, you just need to go." And I was just like, "Okay." And in the back of my mind, I, I just knew that something, something had happened. Something bad had happened, and. So go in there in the locker or into the coach's office, head coach's office, and he's sitting behind the desk. And uh, I sit down and he said, your dad's on the phone. And he's like looking at me and I'm like, okay. So I get my dad on the phone and thank God he said, you know, first of all, family's fine. Um, You know, we're all fine. Your mom's fine. Your sister's fine. Everybody's fine. I was like, okay, well, so what's going on? He's like, well, I just wanted you to know before it's on the news and on TV and stuff that this big stud football player, a friend of mine had killed himself. It was the, I don't even know how to explain how I felt. I, this is a guy that during the the off season, during the summer after my freshman year, we trained every, almost every day, all the time. And, uh, I would get worried and have self-doubt and be like, what if I can't play football anymore? And, you know, what if I don't know how to do it? And my buddy would always just be like, you're overcomplicating man. He's like, you know what to do. Just do it. And ironically, that's my last name, which I thought was kind of funny. But um, so this was not the first time that he had tried to commit suicide. And, you know, I might share some of the other experiences that were even more crazy but so yeah he uh he had killed himself and i i i knew for sure for a fact i was like i guarantee he was drunk i guarantee he didn't know what he was doing and it's a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem and it was i mean it was just crazy and I'd ar- and I talked to my friends there at Vanderbilt on the team, and, and they kind of knew how this guy was, you know, he was super intense and just just an uh, insanely good athlete. But the fact that he was gone was so odd to deal with at that age. I mean, I was probably, what, 19, 20 years old. And – um I At the time, I was so focused on my goal of getting my scholarship and all that that I didn't want to um, (laughs) – I didn't want anything to distract from me improving, 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 and just totally was losing sight of reality and what really mattered. And I just watched um, several times Pumping Iron, the movie with uh, Schwarzenegger and uh, Lou Ferrigno back when they were competing against each other uh, for the Mr. Olympia, I believe. And during, the, at one point, Schwarzenegger talked about how, you know, my dad, at one point, my dad died. And my mom was like, okay, so of course you're going to come out for the for the funeral. And he was like, no, he's gone. And I have this going on, and I'm not going to go to the funeral. And he didn't go to the funeral. And so I thought I was going to be like Schwarzenegger and not go to the funeral. And I told Coach DiNardo that. And he was like, are you sure? Because that's kind of... You know, that's it's kind of a big deal. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to go. Luckily, cooler heads prevailed later, and I ended up going to the funeral. And it was it was an emotional roller coaster. I, w- I remember walking by, and it was an open casket. There were like 2,000 people there. They bust the guys from the team back to our hometown in Arkansas. And as soon as I got there, um the guy's fiance long story came running out of the church and saw me and just was bawling. And I was just like, I mean, I did I mean, he was going to do what he was going to do and nobody could change that. And so I remember sitting there in the church and I was going through, I'd be crying and then I'd be laughing and then I'd be crying and then I'd be laughing because I was watching everybody that would walk by the casket and, uh, uh, and I would be like, okay, I know he hooked up with you, he hooked up with you, and that's why I was just laughing, because we always used to share share stories like that uh, on, you know, after we'd work out, we'd sit in the sauna and, and have story time, where you'd talk about, oh, you know, I hooked up with this girl and that girl, whatever. You know, what high school kids do. But the reason that inspired me to get into brain health is because after that, um, I went on, got all these awards for football, I ended up. Playing professional football for 12 years, but the whole time it, something was always missing because my friend wasn't there for me to say, "Hey, you know." And, I, and in my mind, i would be like, "Oh, he's seeing everything because he can see everything now." And I'm just like, "Okay." I even I even had horrible dreams where we'd be hanging out, and I would have I would forget that he was gone, and then I'd be like, "Wait a minute, you're not alive anymore." And he would be like, he would say, "Oh, what are you talking about? I'm I live in Cuba now with with uh, with all these other." celebrity rock stars that disappeared, so to speak. And uh, I remember Jim Morrison was, was one of them. And it was just so sad to wake up and realize that that he really wasn't there. But I know that was because of, of the brain trauma that he ended up doing that. And fast forward a bunch of years, the movie Concussion came out. I didn't want to watch it. And um, then I finally did watch it, and I realized there has to be something – I can do about this because of my background in nutrition and chiropractic and, and things like that. So that is what has gotten me into <coughs> um, brain health. And I have uncovered several amazing things that, that worked great for me and different exercises and things like that. We'll get back to Dave Asprey's book um, next time. Um, I'm running out of time, but I just wanted to um, share why one of the one of the reasons I got into brain health, and there's some more that I can share later. I've got another podcast that i'm going that I'm starting up called uh goals sports and life and Life Challenges and uh I'll try to find a link for that too, but uh, anyway. The Brain Builders Masterclass. You can sign up. The registration for that is going to open up this week, and you can uh, join the waitlist to be notified via email at bit.ly/waitlistbb. And uh, sorry to be so down in the dumps, but I just kind of felt like it was important for people to know why I got into brain health, and uh, we'll be a little more uplifting tomorrow. But I just thought that was important. Uh, hope you guys have a great day.